welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you Welcome to a very special edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 105 And it is currently 1.22 a.m. <laughs> we just finished watching... UFC 229, so these are very fresh, um, literally, you know, might as well say real-time reactions. Uh, I'm joined with the Antakul, and we also got Stokes in the building. <laughs> How, <laughs> how's everybody feeling right now? This is, right. This is, the, this is the greatest <laughs> night in MMA history. <laughs> so, since this is one in the morning... Um, I know normally we run through top cities and we shout out other promotions and cars that went on and all that. Nah, we not doing that today. Um, no, or nah. dude, like too much. Yeah, too 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 much happened on the car. Is that an event? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> too, too much happened on this card. If I can remember imparting shots and shout outs, I'll, I'll I'll try to shout some of y'all out. But um, yeah, don't hold it against me. It's just literally one something in the morning but we are just going to start from the top because we just witnessed um <laughs> the greatest spectacle of our generation yeah yeah this was a moment in history like if you didn't if you didn't see this in real time man you missed out um so we'll just hop right into it man ufc 229 literally just went down habib Nurmagomedov. Uh, versus Conor McGregor, super highly anticipated fight. Um, all right, we'll we'll we'll, we'll hold off on the shenanigans because that's a that could be a whole episode in another zone. Um, so we'll we'll fo- <laughs> we'll focus on the fight first. Um, I posted on Twitter before this fight started that the first the first two minutes of this fight will tell me everything I needed to know, and. That that somewhat happened. Um, I mean, <laughs> Connor pressured him for a little bit. He, he tried like a head kick. Two seconds later, he was on the ground, um, and he got controlled pretty much as much as I thought he would. Um, I'll give him credit. He well, all right, for for the first round, he got controlled, but he didn't take like a ton ton of damage. Um. Was the right hand the second round or was that the first? I'm still kind of frizzled overall. Second round. Second round. Oh, second round, yeah. So, first round, you know, he gets out, he gets controlled, but relatively speaking, didn't take a ton of damage, but you could kind of tell, like, oh, boy, you might you might be in for a long one. Second round comes, H- H- almighty Habib, you know, um, th- you know, th- this this what what's it in boxing, WBC, this WBC Habib. Throwing yes. hands out here. <laughs> WBC Habib. <laughs> Floors McGregor with the right hand. <laughs> I, you, won't, you won't believe how loud my house got. There's literally like 
one, two, three. There was like five people, <laughs> and you would think that there was twenty people when that happened. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought Habib would dominate the fight, but not. I didn't see him flooring Connor with a right hand. Floors him with a right. They end up on the ground again, um, and it's kind of more the same. And like he. Every time he got Connor off the ground, he would lock Connor's legs up so Connor couldn't do anything. Um, but I'll give Connor props in that he survived longer than I thought he would. And after that second round, I, I don't know if they had like an adrenaline dump. It seemed like both of them kind of slowed down a bit. And Connor was able to get out of a few bad spots. He stuffed a few takedowns, but just wasn't really able to amount much of an offense of his own i mean he got off some strikes but it seemed like after that second round he didn't have the really the same pop in him as you know he would normally like the first and (laughs) habib gonna habib man like grappling wrestling clinic on connor before we, we get to and that goes for another round he just takes him down and just kind of he he did start to beat him a little bit in the third. You could tell like Connor was getting a bit winded. He was trying to hang in there, but H- Habib is gonna Habib. Like he, Habib did to Connor what he does to everybody. And then in the fourth, m- more of the same ends with a <laughs> a neck crank that I I thought I didn't even, I thought Connor was gonna get out of that. But you know Habib has that that next level just godly strength. Um, and I'll, I will, we'll save the after fight till after fight. Mm. But um, <laughs> nah, Habib put on. It doesn't get more dominant than that. Like this is kind of how I thought this fight would go. Like if Connor can't stop this takedown, he has to get a finish because he has no other way to win this fight. And he 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 gave a valiant effort. He had some moments here and there, but Habib gonna Habib. Um, <laughs> How, how, how did y'all feel about the how about this fight? Uh, uh, so go ahead first. Uh, amazing performance by Khabib. Uh, did did anyone have Connor winning that third round? I I kind of thought Connor won that third round. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue if somebody gave him the yeah. third because they were both were kind of gassed, but Connor was outboxing him. Yeah, like yeah. like before the fight started, I've never had my heart beat that fast in my entire life. Like, as I was, like, I felt it, and, like, I just turned around to my friend, and I saw him checking his heartbeat, because <laughs> he was doing the same thing. <laughs> and then, like, oh, man, I just, it was, like, it just didn't, it didn't feel real, like, oh. Yeah. This I, thought, was, I thought I was going to have a panic attack, honestly. Like, this was one of those fights where, like, you didn't. We wanted this for so long, and then like it falls apart so many times, and now it's like this is it's a real and thing now. Divisive fight, you know, because there are like two sides that really kind of don't like each other, and it yeah. just felt like oh, all boiling down to this twenty minutes, whatever. But uh, that second round when Khabib was um, just laying it on Connor, like I was like, oh, that kind of worried me. I was like, ah, oh, Connor, I hope you're. I mean, Khabib, I hope you're not gassing yourself right now. Like I was so worried because I still thought that after that second round, I was like, you know, I still think Connor can win this, you know. But as we see, Connor was no match, and he tapped to uh, neck crank in the fourth, which 
I don't know. Like, in BJJ, I think it's kind of frowned upon when people tap the neck cranks. So, I don't know. Amazing performance by Khabib. He has legit legitimate claim to be the lightweight GOAT. Um, that's all I got to say. That's what, 20, 27 in now? 26 or 27. 20. Crazy. That is insane. 10, what? Is he 10 and 0 in the UFC? Uh, 11. I think 11 now, I think. Yeah. Man. Sorry, BJ, but Khabib will watch you. <laughs> BJ Prime, Khabib Prime, Khabib. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Anton, cool. Uh, how, how, how you feeling about this? The fight? Um, let's see, I'm going to stick with the fight. Uh, oh, my God. Um. So I, uh, so I don't know if you watched any of the other BJJ Scout videos after you saw the uh, the the Southpaw one. But, yeah, um, I watched the Connor and Khabib ones, and then the additional Connor Khabib one, whatever it was. Right. Um, one of the th- one of the things he really pointed out um, that I, that really benefited uh, Khabib was that. Um, McGregor, uh, when McGregor's in there, he's in the middle of the cage, and he's, you know, he's doing his whole push-pull counter game. What you, what you end up with a lot is a you end up with a false dichotomy. Guys think they either have to move away or mm-hmm. come into the pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things he pointed out in his video. And one of his keys to victory for Khabib was to move left and right. Um. It's one of the things he was doing really well in the Quinta uh, fight, where he would hit him with that GSP step to the side, pivot out, jab. And here, it's what got him his first takedown. Um, in, instead of you know falling into the trap of you know I, I have to face McGregor head on or slink away to the cage, he just moved to his left. And as McGregor was turning, he dove on the single and was able to run the pipe and get the takedown. Um, and it was at that point I basically knew he won the fight because I don't I, I don't I didn't have a lot of confidence in McGregor carrying his power late into a fight. So um, when he went out there in the second round and basically had his hands down because he, he was worried about the takedown, I'm like, okay, he, he, he's he, he's already gamed himself out of a win because. A large part of his game is having that arm high, that that left hand can't um, cocked, so that he doesn't have to bring it up or, um, you know, it, it decreases the amount of uh, distance it has to travel. Um, so like I knew, and believe it or not, I think Khabib's like the faster fighter, in in terms of just like being able to move um, out of the way, of just yeah, just being able to move like left and right. So I, I figured, okay, he has to tra- uh, his punch has to travel farther now. He's not going to end up hitting Khabib, especially if he's worried about the takedown. And then he gets blasted with an overhand right. <laughs> that, that's going to be on. That's going to be on highlight reel for forever, 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 forever. Um. So from there, it's just Khabib takes him down, beats the crap out of him. That was a ten-eight round, like. I, I was legitimately shocked when we got down to ten seconds and like McGregor was still not like put away all the way. Yeah, I, I liked the little bit of veteran savvy he used. Uh, you know, kneeing 
uh, as uh, Khabib was going for the Kimura. He need him in the face from his back. <laughs> you got, you got to do what you got to do. I mean, when, yeah, you're, you're losing ten eight. What's another point? You know, it's, it's not like they ever actually take points. So what you gonna do? Um, uh, I'm trying to remember round three. This is all the chaos that yeah, happened three, after that. Three was the round where Connor. It seemed like they both were kind of getting tired. But right, right. Connor was landing. Connor was landing good shots in round three. But the problem they, was, you could they tell weren't. Kinda... They weren't shots that were going to put anybody away. Right, right. He he didn't have that same pop. Like if he would have landed some of those in round one, this fight might have went different. But yeah, they they didn't have the same pop in round three. Right, and um, you know, from there it was just um, for, and for round four it was just easy street. Just get him down, take his back, put the crank in. Yeah, no, just all around great performance from Khabib. Like he 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 didn't have to make a ton of adjustments, um, you know, to 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 throw Connor off. But he he made the ones he needed to make to make a one sided fight. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, to be honest, is technique wise, I don't think it's much more to break down in this fight. Is this up to this point? It's like if you've seen a Habib fight. You, you know how they go, and this one was no different. Right. I, I feel like the only thing you can say about this one is, like, I, now I tend to judge Habib fights on, oh, did the guy get mauled terribly, or was it just, like, <laughs> <laughs> you rate, you, like, you, you rate the scale of just, like, savageness. It's like, right. was it, was it Michael Johnson bad, or was it, <laughs> you know, this, this wasn't... Bow. Right. <laughs> so, no, he, and, and props to McGregor, because, like, he, he fought a good fight, he he did what he thought he had like. He he. It's kind of like the 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 uh the Barboza fight where it's like, you did yeah. you everything did you, you could. Right, you did everything <laughs> you could. Like I can't really look at your game plan and like be mad at anything you did. It's kind of like the guy you're fighting is just he's that good that it kind of, it doesn't matter. Like he he just kind of shuts you down. Right and like it, 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 let's be let's be real like I, I don't like with the exception of maybe Tony Ferguson who's just who whose power to will things into existence might be stronger than Conor McGregor's <laughs> like I don't think anybody gets up for, um well I shouldn't say that I don't think anybody beats Khabib when he's operating the way he was operating today there. And I'll, 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 I'll we'll, we'll get into that before we get into the after the ring chaos because that's what I was thinking about as soon as this fight was over. There are only two people I could <laughs> possibly see beating Habib. One would be Tony Ferguson, <clears throat> and the other name I can't believe I'm gonna say because I I never used to believe in this guy. I think Kevin Lee could give him some problems. I I think he could too, honestly. I think Kevin Lee could give him some problems. I'm not sh- sold on Kevin Lee yet because I've seen him get taken down by. Guys who weren't as good as Khabib. Yeah, but, I, I just think him and I'm not. They're kind of similar in a way, even though I, I would say Khabib's grappling definitely just better. <laughs> right. But they're both really strong dudes that can hit. Not you know the the best striking in the world, but they can throw. They can both wrestle. I I think. I think if if Kevin Lee, the only problem with Lee is I don't know too about his cardio. If they were to go deep into, you know, 
three, four, five rounds, like if he's gonna hold up for that long. But I, I think at least for like two rounds he could hang with Habib. And then when we get into the third and fourth, if it goes past that, you know, got Godspeed. <laughs> good good luck to you. Um I, I guess so you gotta think the Ferguson fight has to happen next. I mean I hope. If 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 ever fights again, oh yeah, all right. Come uh, well, before, before we get to that, before we get to that, <laughs> um, what would you like to see next with McGregor? Because I'm gonna say we can't do a rematch. This is this fight does not warrant a rematch. Like you got you got bodied. Like <laughs> I mean, I, I'll give you your props. He Connor did better than I thought he would, and like we said, he it's not that his game plan was really bad. He did what you would want somebody to do as, as best as they could, but it just, it's Habib. Um, but who, who would y'all like to see Connor fight next? Finish the trilogy with Nate. I mean, that's the money fight, right? Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Nate or GSP? Because that's the fight you know GSP and Connor want. Yeah. Uh, poor Woodley. He's probably... <laughs> I just thought about that. Poor Woodley. He's not getting that fight now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not mad at those GSP or even though like I feel like the GSP fight, I'm I'm not gonna say it won't mean anything. It's just because I feel like GSP, we kind of know what he's fighting for now. It's just kind of like I just want to get big fights, and it's not really gonna lead to anything. But for entertainment purposes, I I, I guess I'm all for it. Um, but now he's got no shortage of people to fight at 155. They're they're. That's the one division you don't have to worry about that problem. So um, we'll we'll see. But uh, after the fight, chaos. So um, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get into uh, Malice at the Palace, the sequel. Oh. <laughs> so for anybody who didn't uh, get a chance to check this out, <laughs> so uh, Habib wins via neck crank. Fight's over. Um, as as expected, kind of after the fight, Habib kind of held on to the choke. After he let go, he still, like, stood over Connor. You know, I, I get it. Like, the, they, if you know the story to the lead-up to this fight, you, you knew that the beef was kind of crazy. It, a, lot of, a lot of wildness happened prior to this. So that was that part didn't surprise me. Um, you think Habib is going to the cage to, like, sit on top and celebrate, but nah. Habib wants all the smoke. He's ready to go another five rounds. And he's about to, Habib jumps out of the cage. And attacks Dylan Davis. He goes straight for Dylan Davis. <laughs> like, he, he, he had Danis in, in the, the crosshairs. Like, he went straight for Danis. So they're scrapping in the crowd. Pandemonium breaks out. They come back in the cage. I guess it was, I think, Connor's people at that point, I guess, jumped in and... I just see fists being thrown. Connor was fighting some, and at that point, like I kind of, I almost felt bad for Connor because I felt like he didn't fully know what was going on. And then another fist was in his face after after he just got pummeled. Chaos is just breaking out. Fights are happening everywhere. Joe and everybody on commentary is quote unquote disgusted. I will get to that in a second. Um, what a joke. I, I yeah. want. I, I want to know. How y'all think Drake was handling it? Because you know he was right there. Oh my God, he was shitting himself. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna tell. You, no, Drake, Drake went to Drake went to the other locker room. And he put on the hat. 
<laughs> That's what Drake did. <laughs> Listen, Drake Drake is not out here really in anybody's corner. He is trying to make the best money move possible. So <laughs> Drake put that flag down and went and put that hat on, and we will see Drake and Habib next week. <laughs> but the craziest thing out of all the fights and pre just I mean post just violence after the fight. So they have this moment where finally it, it it somewhat calms down. They bring Habib makes his way back in the cage somehow after it looked like everybody got escorted because it, it was about to be a riot in that building. <laughs> and Habib I guess is trying to still do the whole post fight, you know, I want my belt <laughs> around my waist. Dana is in the middle of the ring. I'm paraphrasing, like, nah, bro, we, we can't do that. If I put this belt on you, people are going to riot. Somebody's going to die. We can't do that. And so there's no post-fight anything. Habib doesn't get his moment, which, you know, he kind of his fault. He didn't get his moment, but we'll, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> and then <laughs> they kick everybody out. It's over. There's no post-fight nothing. We, just, we got a post-fight fight. And after the post-fight fight, we all had to go home. <laughs> so, but yeah so real quick and then I'll, I'll shut up this um UFC website <laughs> <laughs> the post show is going live right now on YouTube I, 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 I got I gotta see this shit <laughs> continue so, talking continue talking let me just right. have it on in the background so <laughs> For anybody who's an NBA fan, if we all remember that fateful year of Malice in the Palace. Uh, the Detroit... You mean the greatest moment in the history right. of the NBA? <laughs> so, if you guys don't know what that is, pause this for a second. Go watch, like, the first just, like, 40 seconds of Malice in the Palace, and you'll get an understanding for what happened <laughs> after her, uh, Connor and Habib. But also, while you're watching Malice in the Palace, pay attention to the commentary, because this is exactly what they, what they made me think of. Everybody, you know, Joe and everybody else commentating is like, oh my god, this is terrible, this is disgusting, and it's like, on one hand, okay, I get it, like, this was a really, really, really good card, this was one of the biggest cards of the year, this might be card of the year, I don't know, it's up there, Um, and you you don't want this to end that way you don't want people getting hurt because you know the, the fans of both these two fighters are crazy i wouldn't be surprised if but like i said we're recording this at one in the morning i wouldn't be surprised if we wake up you know six seven hours from now and find out there was like a brawl <laughs> in the parking Dude, I, lot I, I was on twitter before and they were like there are cops blowing whistles and shit outside the um t-mobile arena mm, yeah it's probably going down where yeah. it might have been about to go down like but and, and i'll get to it in a second about like why this is so, yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But like, there, there might actually be like, I don't want to, you know, put that out, put this out there. But there are probably going to be some, ex- I don't want to say casualties, but somebody you know. might get hurt. So, like, somebody might die tonight. Yeah, like real deal. And like, the, I, I guess uh, you, you hope it doesn't get to that point. But, but people are kind of all the shit that surrounded this fight. Yeah, it wasn't normal circumstances. Like yeah. we've seen beef and and with fighters, but this one was really really personal. But es- the, the... especially the people these guys move with. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. Just for the record, the post fight on YouTube's up to like two hundred thousand people. 
<laughs> so, so keep in mind, and I'm, I'm covering our tracks. In, in case something terrible did happen by the time we wake up, uh, at the time I'm talking this second, it is 1.46 a.m. So I don't know if anybody, hopefully nobody got seriously hurt. So, you know, just throwing that out there. But, so, of course, I wanted to, I, I, I hopped straight on Twitter because I had to see reactions to this. Because I was like, I hope everybody is as entertained as I am because I am, this is, I, <laughs> this, this is another level. I never thought I would see this in, in the MMA. I don't know why I didn't think I would, but it, it happened. But this whole, I'm disgusted, like, can we stop? Can, can we not? Can we? No. Or it, it, if you're going to do it, you have to be consistent. If you weren't screaming for this when Connor was throwing dollies, when Connor was smacking referees, while his homeboy was in the cage, that whole incident, like, where, where was, where was you, you know, the phrase, keep, keep the same energy? Where, where was that energy then? Why was nobody, y'all weren't disgusted then. It was all fun and games. It was all entertainment. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was all it was all good when Connor threw a dolly at a bus and broke a window and poor Ray Borg got his eyes cut open, you know. And it's, it's, it's all cool when, you know, people are making fun of Thug Rose because she's still <laughs> afraid to come outside. It, it was all cool then. So now when Habib does it and, you know, he, he really brings the heat, you know, not now all of a sudden it's now it's a big and I'm not saying that I condone it. I'm just saying be consistent. I condone it. <laughs> I'm just saying be consistent. If you're gonna be mad at Habib, then you better have been furious at Connor when he was doing it. If you yeah. were not yeah. furious at Connor when he was slapping he was slapping commissioners, bro. Like <laughs> yeah, he slapped the shit out of Mark Goddard. Right. Like this wasn't even a year ago. It was a year ago. I don't even remember. Fucking the timelines all fucked up. <laughs> but uh, like, oh my, uh, like um, th- this shit happens. Like the the Diaz brothers stomped out Mayhem Miller. Oh man, that was a thing that, that happened. That was a thing that. Like, like I I, I don't know what to tell like. All right, yeah. Before we get too much into our love of debauchery, um, I should probably explain why this happened. Uh, I'll, I'll let you handle the the, the story breakdown. Um, well, it started. I'm assuming it started like two years ago when Artem Wobov, who is himself a Russian, um, came out and said Khabib Nurmagomedov isn't a Russian, a real Russian, and um, like. I'm not. I'm not super familiar with you know all the different Russian cultures. Russia's a big ass country, spans the entirety of like Asia and goes into Europe and shit. Like it's really big. I'm not familiar with all of it, but from what I understand, um, Khabib like Khabib is popular in Russia, but he's only popular with certain sects of Russia, as in like the Muslim sect and like the Dagestani sect. Everybody else kind of like he's kind of a controversial figure. Um, so you have Artem Lobov, who is you know Conor McGregor's best friend and training partner, um, talking shit about use basically atta- attacking his nationality. Says that if he ever saw him in real life, 
he would slap the shit out of him. Um, so Khabib does what Khabib does, and he checks him back at UFC. What was it? One, uh, two, two oh seven? I don't even remember. It was earlier this year. It was in April. Um, but right before, right, yeah, right before he fought Al Quinta. Could, uh, that's when we get the incident with the dolly. But also at that, also tying it in because McGregor did get punched after the bell, after the fight was over um, tonight by one. Hold up, I'm, I had to pull up his name because I'm I'm shit with these names. Zubara Tukarov. I, I want to say that's the dude Dom Cruz said was the dude who punched McGregor after the fight. Um, for those who don't know, Zubara was there. Um, and he he says some shit in Chechen because he's Chechen. Um, to Lobov, and and, and Lobov's crew because there were some other Russian dudes there. One of the other Russian dudes was Chechen. I can't remember his name. Um, Islam something. Um. So so that kind of sparked up a lot of controversy on Russian and Chechen social media. As in, like, Zubaira was getting, like, death threats. Um, he had to issue, like, public apologies and shit. And then Conor McGregor came out with a post on Instagram saying, no true Chechen attacks another Chechen for, like, a Dagestani. So, you know, you poke in the ethnic war there. And again, I'm not familiar with like Russian history like that, but I'm assuming Chechnya and Dagestan don't have a simpatico relationship. Um, so, you know, you got that going on. You got all the shit that Connor's camp is basically releasing about like um, uh, about Khabib and his religion. Uh, I, God, I, want, I wish I had the quote in front of me. Um, but just to be clear, like this is a result of that, just as much as it is like the the uh, the Dolly incident. Right. This was a buildup. This this is no. This is they finally got all these dudes in one place, so we're gonna go beat their ass. (laughs) Because it wasn't just it was Dylan Danis, it was Connor's coach. Oh yeah, yeah, this is the whole the whole squad. Right. This this was like you bring your <laughs> we meeting after school in the parking lot and it's about it's going down like <laughs> right. I, I'm sure that Connor, this was all just a giant game. Like, like talking like I can't get past that. Like Tuk uh, Tukarov was getting death threats for shit Connor and his like for shit Connor and his team said, like like real death threats. Yeah. And if you know who these people like, like, and I'll get to that in a second. If you know who these people run with, that's some serious shit. Like, also, I just want to point out, like, again, neither dude, like, neither guy, like, outside the cage. I don't, I, I, I feel safe saying, like, neither dude's like really a, a good dude because of who they hang out with. Because, like. Connor is actually boys with a lot of dudes in the Russian like mafia, not Russian, um, Irish mafia. Like there was that whole story last year about like him um, getting in trouble with some dudes in like East uh, Western Europe, uh, you know, like cartel members who were trying to like stick him up for his money. 
Apparently, he's close with the Irish Mafia. He, he was seen attending one of their own funerals. Like, you know, he has that going for him. And then you got Khabib, who's close with Chechen warlord and Instagram star Katarov. Who had a bit of uh, um, a, a international uh, like backlash last year because he was rounding up gay people and killing them in Chechnya. So like, I'm just going like yeah, neither good. I was gonna say it got dark really quick. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus no, Christ. This, like, like so when we say there might be a casualty by morning, I'm assuming that some of the dudes from like Catara uh, like I'm assuming some of Khabib's boys, I'm assuming some of um McGregor's boys are gonna be looking for some trouble tonight. Yeah. And so like, hold on, I'll let you get into those real quick. But one more one more point I'll make um to people out there. And this doesn't really just apply with just MMA. This applies not even just in sports. This applies in, in life in general. Um especially to like younger this, this is me putting on my old head. This is my old head speech. Um, I'm 29 years old. Um, I grew up uh, a lot of my childhood in East Baltimore. East Baltimore teaches you to be street savvy. You just, you know, you just, you just pick up on things. Um, there are some people out here that it's, it's not a gain to them. Like, <laughs> like we're in the social media age. We're in like the hype beast age where people just want to, you know, talk and it's, they think it's all fun and games and like it, it'd be cool if you were just kind of just talk like if had connor only like just talked trash to habib and habib did that then i could see all the anger but when you take it that personal and you're literally like your friends are involved you throwing dollies at buses there are some people out there like this isn't a game to them like they're really about that life this is this is no longer old twitter beef like no i'm going to see you in public and when i see you it's going to be a problem like there are some people who operate like that and some people you can't play that game with you might not condone it you might not think it's of uh, i don't know the word bad sportsmanship some people just roll like that you can't play that kind of game with them unless you're really willing to go there and i think this was this was one of those situations where it got really real and you know i, I wasn't surprised at all um but not nah, some people are really about that life so if you really if you're gonna take it to that level you better be ready to really really go there because clearly as we saw after the fight was over <laughs> habib is really he him and his whole crew they're they're, re they're ready to go there so like, this isn't this yeah. isn't some just game to them like like khabib doesn't need to fight any uh, like another day in his life he's set like, it is all about pride to him. And, like, I don't know. Like, he, he shouldn't have done what he did. I understand why he, done, he, why he did what he did. He, but I, I don't, like, I don't condone it. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, this is the greatest travesty in the history of the UFC. Not at all. Like, like we mentioned before. The promo for this fucking card involved Conor McGregor throwing a dolly through a window, nearly ending Ray Borg's career, ruining Michael Chiesa's shot at a title, traumatizing poor Rose Namajunas, who's 
probably suffered more trauma than she any person needs to in their entire life up to this point. Like, I'm, you're not gonna get me to feel bad for McGregor and Squad. You know what I mean? Yep. So I said, man, keep keep it keep it consistent out there, people. Um, but but Stokes, how, <laughs> Stokes, how, how did you feel when uh <laughs> when that first outside of the ring punch got thrown? <laughs> there are currently five hundred four hundred and twenty five thousand people staring at empty dais waiting for Dana White. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my! God. Uh, I have this. I feel the same sentiments as all you guys. Like. Connor's crew likes to talk. They think it's a big game and whatever. Art of them fucking says that he's going to slap Khabib the next time he sees him. Well, fucking Khabib's going to come check you. Connor wants to bring fucking family religion into this. Then fucking Khabib is going to make you tap. And fucking Dan, if you want to keep talking shit after the fight, Khabib's going to fucking jump over and try to kick your ass. So don't be surprised. Like, I, had to be like I, I have a, I have a video right here of Dale and Dana's. I'm assuming it's him because it's this stupid dyed hair. It's kind of mm-hmm. hard to see. Just like being pulled away from um, Khabib as he jumps into the crowd. And just... That's got to be terrifying, man. <laughs> <laughs> you look up and Khabib is over the cage. <laughs> damn. Oh, I'm running. I'm running. I'm out of there. Like, he oh, he is smoke. trying to get out of there. God oh, yeah, I'm, damn. I'm, I'm out of there. You wouldn't have needed security. I would have ran as soon as he jumped on the cage. I'm out of there. Oh, no, no. Dylan Dennis is out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, he's trying to come back in. Oh, they pulled him back. To, they pulled Khabib back to the cage. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, since you got the press conference on, uh, when, whenever it finally starts, uh, let us know if uh, <laughs> if Habib is going to do some hard time. They better <laughs> not, like, pull some, oh, we're stripping Habib of the title. You know they are. And that's what, that's put, what they're gonna do. They're gonna put on Tony Ferguson, and then they're probably gonna have Nate. Uh, not Nate. Uh, they're either gonna do interim title fight between Poirier and Diaz, or they're going to like put um, Ferguson versus McGregor next for the title. You ready here first? Trash. That that might happen. But um, I mean, he, it is what it is. It is. Um, but fuck, fuck, I got fucking fuck commentary too. Like Rogan, all those dudes saying, "Oh, such so disgusting." Like fucking Rogan is such a fucking talking head. Like the last three fucking years or whatever. Like he's such a fucking sellout now. Like him and fucking Shab and Callan try to act like, "Oh yeah, we're just real dudes. We're real dudes." And like, dude, go fuck yourself. You guys are fucking sellouts. Like where the fuck? If you're gonna hate on Khabib, then hate on Connor. Don't fucking make it so one-sided and so fucking obvious. Like, you know, my problem is has has the UFC ever even fucking mentioned that Connor like on commentary? Has they have they ever ever mentioned that this fight was made because, in large part, because Connor just fucking went ham on a bus? <laughs> I say aside from the promo, I, I don't know if they really like, they definitely didn't talk about it tonight. I, I don't not that I remember exactly. So like yeah. you know, my my issue isn't that they were they took disgust with what Khabib did. My issue is your job on commentary. Talk about what's happening. You know what I mean? Like talk yeah. about why this is happening. Like don't don't just sit there and, and act like you know 
this sport is better than this because one, they know for a fact it's not. Like, also, if you watch any like regional Russian MMA that isn't like ACB or Fight Nights, like you'll see this shit like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> like these dudes not give a fuck. <laughs> like I said, and it, for me, like I said, it's kind of what you echoing what you said. I'm not mad at the disgust. I'm just mad at consistency. That's all I want. If you're mad at Habib, then you should have been furious at Connor. You should have been furious this fight got made in the first place. Yeah. You need you need to keep that you need to keep that energy consistent. Uh, you you can't be flip flopping and 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 choosing sides. I, I need you to be angry at both. Um, also, also to make things clear, I condone Khabib going over the fence, <laughs> but I do not condone uh, Connor getting sucker punched or whatever by Khabib's teammate or whatever. Yeah, I felt kind of bad for him because he <laughs> he was probably so winded, like. Yeah, that, that, that had to suck. But we'll see um, what happens. Who, who knows? Like I said, we might end up breaking news in the middle of this podcast by the time that press conference is over. I mean, we're, we're getting near 500,000 people watching. <laughs> Dana is in the back. There, there are no other. Like, I just want to point out, there's just one chair. There are no other fighters on the, like, like. There's no Yo, chair they, for the fight. They sent everybody home, like, when you were in school and, like, the fire drill. Like, but it was real. <laughs> <laughs> they sent everybody. Dana is going to come in and do a one-man, like, post-conference. And he's just going to sit in a chair. And he's just going to cuss until, like, the veins in his head pop out. Oh, man. Like, this is... You know, the most... The, ang- the, my, the angriest part of me right now tonight at, at um, Khabib Nurmagomedov is his actions deprived us of a post-conference Derek Lewis interview. Yeah, yeah. And that would be the only part of, like, what, what's, what, what am I trying to say? That would be a, the one thing in terms of them being disgusted that I could agree with is, like, you had this really great night of fights and a lot of fighters put on really great performances and it might just kind of get overshadowed by kind of this craziness. So that portion of it could kind of suck. Like if you're, if you're Vicente Luque, who we'll get to eventually, who, who put on a really great, oh man, I have so much to rant about that fight. I'm trying to, <laughs> right, whatever. You know what? Let me shut up because I'm, I'm going to get angry if I talk. You know what? Let's just go to the next fight. I'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that when I get to that. But well, uh, well, what, 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 where do you guys rank Khabib all time? Uh, lightweight, um, lightweight or pound for pound, whatever. It's it's hard because like his best wins are McGregor, who has one win at fight uh, lightweight. Johnson, who is inconsistent, like, is a good win, but is inconsistent. And then like Edson Barboza. I think he's got to be... Oh, lightweight is so hard, though. It is... That's the one division where, like, you want to make a top five of all time, man. It is... It's hard. But I'll, I'll say... Think... I, don't, I don't know about pound for pound. I think that's a... I can't, I can't talk about pound for pound, but as far as just lightweight as a whole, if somebody wants to throw him in the top... <sighs> 
I don't know. You get you give him top five, top ten. I'm not gonna argue with you. It's kind of hard to say in the moment because those are the kinds of things I really need to research. But just just off of emotions of this fight, I, I guess at this very moment, if you threw Habib in your top, if you, I'll say top ten. If you throw him in your top ten, I won't argue. Yeah, put him top five. I feel like top ten's a little bit. Like, yeah, I won't argue with that do, either. I, I I won't argue with that either. Do you think like BJ, Frankie, Bendo, like whoever you have in your top five list, do you think any of them actually be could be? No. I think a problem. Nah, not. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I I wanted to say I feel like a prom Bendo because he was such a good wrestler and prom Habib would be a good match. But Bendo didn't really have great hands like that. I don't know. I would really have to think about that. All right, it's, a, it's official, listener. Could be the greatest lightweight of all time. <laughs> it's it's hard for me to have these discussions in any sports because it's so it's so many variables. I try to like think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's I, I know, but but now nah, he's he's if so, like you know if you say top five, I'm not gonna argue with you. Like literally based off of him. 26 and 0, that's crazy. Like, winning 20 fights in a row in MMA is insane. And, like, we just saw mentions, or I'll mention a PFL um, for anybody who didn't watch. Andre Harrison, his 20 fight streak just got snapped. He lost to Lance Palmer. It's crazy that he even made it to, like, 20 and 0. So, to, to be 26 and 0 is, like, that's, like, unheard of. Um, but, nah, that, that fight was wild. Um, we talked about that for 45 minutes. <laughs> but it was a lot. And whoa, we probably whoa, still... Whoa, whoa. whoa. Like, we got, we whoa. got police officers at the um, press conference. Oh, boy. Apparently, apparently Khabib's, some of Khabib's boys got arrested. Which... Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. There are probably a lot of cuffs. I wonder where Ali is. Huh, it's going to be a lot of a lot of court hearings. <laughs> it's going to be some assault charges. <laughs> It's going to be a lot going on. We have not heard the last of this card, boy. It is. It's going to be crazy. But that was the main event, man. Um, That was a classic for many reasons. <laughs> so go watch that if you didn't and watch all of the post-fight. Watch the po- watch the fight and the post-fight fight because it got, it got real. But uh, moving on <laughs> to, the, to the co-main event. Tony Ferguson, Anthony Pettis. Um, so I went out on a limb uh, last podcast, and I picked Pettis to win this fight. Um, I I don't feel bad about my pick still, even though you know. Yeah. <laughs> you almost got it right. Yeah, you know Pettis. I'll I'll still say this in confidence. I think Pettis did a lot better than anybody was willing to give him credit for. I think people thought Tony was going to roll in round one, steamroll, get him out of here. He's going home. No fight. You know, he's, uh, well, part of the fight went like that. But, <laughs> you know, Tony did come in, immediately put just ridiculous amount of pressure on Pettis. Um, but Pettis, man, he was firing back, though. Like, I think Pettis, I would still say, made this fight more competitive than people thought it would go. He managed to rock Ferguson once. Um couldn't finish him. Dudes were getting hit with elbows. Blood is flying all over the place. At at one point, <laughs> Pettis had Ferguson on the ground. 
he has blood pouring from his head and he just sticks his tongue out like he's a madman and just starts screaming. <laughs> Tony Ferguson has the craziest like recovery tactic tactic I've ever seen. <laughs> Who in their right mind gets blasted with the right hand and instead of clinching like bro I'm just gonna do a, a roll. Like I'm gonna do a James Bond roll in the middle of the match to clear my head out. Only Tony Ferguson. But like if any other fighter did this, I would you're getting jokes nonstop. But it's Tony Ferguson. It's like that's just Tony. Like this is just this is just what he does. But um, props to Pettis, man. He he put up a valiant effort. But Tony just his pressure is just it's insane. Like I don't know how you really survive that unless you can put him out, which Pettis almost did, but he couldn't close the deal. Cause like if you can't put Tony out, dude, it's you are in for a long, painful, just brutal fight that most likely will not end in your favor. And Pettis, man, like I said, he put up a valiant effort. He had some good moments. Couldn't finish the fight due to a broken hand. Um, and I, as much as we talked about this on this podcast, I'm going to give all the props in the world to Duke Rufus in his corner for not letting him go out. Because um, we've seen plenty of fights where fighters go out into rounds that they just didn't need to they never needed to see, and if Rufus, you know, as long as Pettis has been at that camp, if Rufus say you can't go out, bro, you can't go out, and I'm not mad at it for stopping, I'm all for protecting fighters, live the fight another day, and it's probably no consolation, because he's a competitor, but you did way better than most people thought he was going to do, so, you know, quote-unquote moral victory, I would guess at least, I, I don't think his stake drops, in my opinion, after losing this. I, I don't think he really loses much steam. Because um, I think he overperformed in a lot of people's eyes. But Tony Ferguson, boy. that 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 is a... Wolverine in real life is literally what he is. Just straight out of the X-Men. That is, that is Tony Ferguson in real life. Okay. Wait. Oh, it's Tony Ferguson now? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that we, no one wants on the podium. Oh man! Uh, great performance by Tony. Be- before the fight, I was a little worried. Like, I wasn't sure if he was like fully healthy, and also I was like a little worried. Like, you know, maybe Tony's window has closed, but you know, he proved he's back at it, and. Yo, did you notice when um like that first kick happened and commentary was like going wild about oh Tony's limping? Like, did you guys notice him limping? Because I didn't notice him limping. Uh, I didn't see anything from this angle. Yeah, like no, I didn't. You know, I don't get why Rogan and them were like fucking. I don't get what, a lot of things they do, but I I didn't see that limp at all. Whatever. I mean, if he was limping, it didn't really show much because he was still in Pettis' face <laughs> the entire time. God, what a... the, in that second round, did you guys have Tony or Pettis winning that? I thought Tony stole it back. I, I, to, yeah, I had Tony winner. 
I think yeah. at that point I stopped scoring. I was just watching. I just I, <laughs> there was so much blood flying. I had no idea what was going on. I was just enjoying violence. I I, I couldn't even score it. But no, I I think you could tell though that I I think had that fight went on for another round, I think Tony was stealing momentum back, and that he probably would have. If that would have went to a third round, I think he would have finished really strong. He might even have yeah. got us out of there. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It was... But that, that was a great fight, though. It yeah. was... Tony, like, he's the, he, he deserves a title shot, whether it's against whoever is the champion. Fucking who knows. Right. But Tony, the time we wake up. <laughs> yeah. Tony, Tony, he deserves the next shot, no matter who it is. Um, Yeah. No, it was a great fight. Like that, it was fight of the night up until uh, Pettis broke his hand. And I, again, shouts to um, Duke Rufus. Yeah, because we we've seen guys go back in there with less. In fact, we saw that earlier in the night when Gray Maynard hobbled out from the corner and landed the right hand that justified him going back out after getting his ass beat in the first round um, by Nick Lund. So. Shouts to, like I, I I'm curious if this has something to do with um, Rufus Sports history with bad cornering, um, but yeah, topic for another day. Um, yeah, I was I was like Stokes. I was worried that uh, Fergus's window has probably closed. Like he he's been getting more and more banged up re- in like recent years, and we all know he's absolutely batshit insane and. Has no idea how to take care of himself, essentially. <laughs> but like, did you hear Dominic Cruz on commentary when Anik told him that Anik and Joe told him that Ferguson had tore everything in his leg like six months ago, and he <laughs> didn't get any type of physical therapy for it. <laughs> it was just like wow. <laughs> Tony Ferguson is literally like. He's he's the character in the anime after he just lost a fight where he got brutally beaten and he still tries to go back out two seconds later for his rematch. And he just like pulls all of the IVs off of his body and he, he just hobbles out of the hospital. Like <laughs> I feel like that's what Tony did. It's it's the Paul Pierce wheelchair game. <laughs> Man, Tony is yeah, that's that's a madman. At the press conference, is anything going on yet? Uh, it's just Tony speaking. Oh, okay. I, I found a clip of Dana White explaining the brawl to um some reporter, like like some no name reporter, which is really weird. Hmm. I'll keep an eye on that in case uh they issue some arrest warrants or we find out that title isn't you know that title is vacant again. <laughs> but um. Yeah, awesome co-main event, and like everybody said, at, at this point, Tony's got to fight. Whoever's champ, whatever happens by the time we wake up in the morning, Tony needs to be fighting somebody with a belt. Um, that's that's pretty much all there is to it. Barring him tripping over another court or something crazy, Tony, Tony's got to get in there and, you know, maybe we'll finally get Tony Habib, you know, like the fourth time. <laughs> <laughs> Like two years from now, when Khabib's allowed to fight again. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. According to the, according to this interview, the uh, Nevada Athletic Commission is holding everybody's checks, 
But I saw earlier that um, Connor's check has been let out to him. So <laughs> why are we holding up people's money? Uh, because they—that's how they find you. Oh. Mm. <laughs> they they took off one of the zeros from the. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> from if this event does what it, Dana said it was going to do, like Khabib stands to make like eight million dollars or something, and Connor like fifty-five million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that's only if it sells like three million pay per views, which it well, might have. Who knows? I don't think so. I, I think it did. Like, I, I, my, I think it's less than one point five. Easy. I don't think it sold that many. I think it's. I would say it's at least one point five. I'll give him that. You think? I, I think. I think it's one point five. Once you get above a million pay per views, like it, it's just impossible to gauge like what the the thing like the return's gonna be. Like they had no idea until the numbers came in that. Um, the 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 Diaz fight did as well as it did. Like mm. they just had no met. Like once once you get above a million, apparently the metrics get all skewed and no one can really tell. Like, um, it's like three, four, or five dollars for every pay per view after like a million or something. It's like five to six after five hundred, uh, six hundred thousand. That's what it was. Really? I thought it was less than that. I thought it was like. I read I read something about it earlier because they were saying the UFC after expenses and paying like as in paying everybody and promotion and stuff like that. If this card does three million buys, they stand to make seventy six million dollars. Mm. And I'll, I'll say because I remember uh, one of the questions we had on the mailbag episode was about them promoting this fight. Um, like I didn't watch a lot of the the trailers because I'm just not well. I don't say I'm not that kind of person, but. For this fight, I just wanted to see the fight. But I think they must have did a pretty good job promoting this because I, I saw a lot of people on my timeline who don't normally pay attention to MMA were really interested in seeing how this fight was going to go. Even more interesting, like, not everybody was picking Connor. Like, they, they, the UFC did something. They got this out there to, to, to some people. So I wouldn't be surprised if this did hit 1.5. Albeit a lot of those people probably didn't pay for it. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like McGregor is just a big enough star where, like, I, I saw some people saying, like, it doesn't feel like they're really pushing this one. But, like, with McGregor, like, with these stars that are just big enough to have, like, their own gravity, like, they don't really have to. Like, I want to say that the, the thing said that they spent, like, $4 million on promotion, which, you know, it. it for what they're standing to make is nothing, but like a McGregor tweet does as much as like a million dollars in pay, like in marketing. So, but Connor is just, a guaranteed mill every fight. Out. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say yeah, he, he's giving you a mill off top. Right, and and for what it's worth, I think Khabib is probably the best star they could get in terms of like at, at lightweight, um, besides Nate. In terms of like a challenge that will like bu- will, that will bump the um, the the buy rate up, yeah. So, yeah. But, well, uh, we'll, well, we'll see what those numbers look like. But that yeah, that co-main event, man, another really awesome, brutally violent, bloody fight <laughs> from Ferguson and Pettis. So shout outs to both of them. Um, moving on down the card, Dominic Reyes and Ovince St. Prue. Um, 
Boy, I was banking on Reyes winning this fight. I mean, dude, I've been hyping this dude up for so long. If you go out here and get flatlined in this first round, <laughs> I was really going to feel some kind of way. But, um, nah, man, Reyes, Reyes held it down. Um, he was really sharp in that first round, man. He was he was lighting OSP up. Um, props to Reyes, I think, for, for fighting smart because OSP is one of those dudes that, you know, is – he is inconsistent at times. He fights very unorthodox, but he he can still crack. And if he catches you with one, you might go to sleep. Um, so props to Reyes for like having these violent flurries and like if the finish just wasn't there, he just kind of let off. Um, I did get worried <laughs> in the second and third round because it seemed like Reyes was kind of slowing down. And I was like, oh, no, don't let OSP kind of pick up steam. And then we, you know, we, we get in one of those situations like the Lewis Volkov fight, which we'll get to next. <laughs> but, but, nah, man, Reyes continues the show. Um, I think this was a tough, a really tough fight for him, though. He definitely had to work to get this victory, um, which for me was expected. This is the biggest name he's fought. And, I mean, as inconsistent as OSP can be, He's still a pretty good lightweight. I mean, this is a guy who still managed to go five rounds with John Jones and, you know, and, and lives to tell about it. Um, but now, Ray, Reyes, like I said, looked really sharp in the first round. Um, he moves well for a... Dude, he's a big 205, a tall 205er. But he moves really well, really diverse striking. Um, like I said, that second round, he started to get tired. Third round, started to get tired. Um, he should have won by KO. I'll throw that out there. <laughs> like, at the very... I, I don't even remember how much time was left on the clock. There was barely any time left. There, there was literally a second left. <laughs> he floored OSP. And then the bell rung. And OSP was definitely not getting back up. I mean, eventually <laughs> he did. But at the time when he got floored, that was a KO. Like, that should have been... Because you can't get saved by the bell. Like, so that should have been one of those situations. Like, if you don't get up, you're that's over. You're out of here. <laughs> The ref told him to get up, which I thought, like, he should the ref tell, like, I don't think the ref should have told him to get up, you know? Like, it, it would have been a TKO for Reyes. Yeah, it was, yeah, that was a weird kind of, it was a weird moment. I almost feel, or, I don't remember, was that, was it, did Irv, was that Irv? No, I remember no, the ref that, um. The bald guy, what's his name? That moment kind of sucks, I think, for the ref, too, because that was literally a last-second, like, <laughs> a last-second chaos. I felt like it was kind of like pandemonium. But, yeah, that should have been should have been a KO. He should have gotten a finish for that. It felt like um, that moment in Dragon Ball where Goku's fighting Roshi, and he has to stand up and say he's the champion to, be, to win the fight, except OSP had to stand up to say, to basically, just to say, like he didn't get knocked out. <laughs> Man, but I still don't think, even though it wasn't a finish, it should have been a finish. I don't think it takes away from a great performance. Um, I, I will say though, I, I I wonder how he would handle a dude like a Gus, because I think this was a tough, this was a really tough fight for him. I think. Um, but yeah. again, at, at, at 205, it's kind of like, you know, you, you beat a OSP and you're what, 10 and 0 now or something like that. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of got to get thrown with the wolves after this. Like you, you got to start fighting. I would 
you know, like a Jan, you know, Vlahovic or, you know, a Gus, one of those dudes. Please don't give him Shogun. I hope that fight. <laughs> <laughs> Shogun's got to fight Tyson Pedro. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're, yeah you're, right. you're good for at least two months. There we go. He's tired of it. Give him, like, uh, Alir, Alir Latifi or something. Yeah, that, that, that could work. That could work. Um, right, yeah, we, I, I still, yeah, I, I don't know if he's ready for, like, that top, like, two. But, yeah, a guy like a Latifi or even, like, a Jan or, or somebody in that, I think, would be good matchups for him next. And if he gets past those, then, I mean, well, if he gets past those, there's nobody else left to fight. Like, you kind of just have to, <laughs> you kind of have to fight for the belt at that point. <laughs> But um, yeah. What what did you guys uh, think of his performance? Um, uh, it was really good. This is only the second time he's ever gone to decision. So <laughs> somebody on Twitter said they got Habib getting ushered out by the police like he's stone cold in '98. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I found the better angle of um, Khabib jumping at Dylan Danis. I don't know if y'all are picking that up, but I'm I'm watching it because it's hilarious. Because he literally <laughs> jumps at him from the from the top of the uh, the edge of the, the corner. It's amazing. <laughs> oh man. But uh, uh-huh. yeah, no, great performance from Dominic Reyes. Um, I mean, any criticism I have of him is that he was a nine and zero fighter who would stop ten guy, uh, eight guys in the first round. So we we really didn't see him pass the first round, but he looked great. Like that's as good as anybody has looked beating OSP, um, except for Alir Latifi, who was the greatest fighter of all time. So. <laughs> That picture of him on the horse is like... <laughs> Did you see the picture of him on the elephant? No. <laughs> Alir Latifi is like a... He just doesn't look like a real person. Like, <laughs> doesn't look like he's from this century. Like, right. Like, he was, he was from, like, 2000 BC. He was, like, one of the first humans that was ever created. And he just got big because he just lifted logs all day. <laughs> I keep watching this replay of Habib landing the right hand on McGregor, and I forget, like, he tried that mini flying knee after that. <laughs> 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 he would have caught Connor with that. Oh, man. But oh, nah, man. Yeah. Reyes is. That, he floored McGregor. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this, so, this sorry, of, guys. We're just not over the main event yet. No, we're oh, like. Yeah, what this, a magical this was, night. It was this. This. <laughs> there's a reason we're recording this at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> oh, guys, two thirty already. Yeah. <laughs> but moving on down, so I'm sure we're all gonna feel this in the morning. Um, Derek Lewis and Alexander Volkov. The, um, on a night full of magical moments. Oh my god. Derek Lewis is just the gift that keeps on giving. Derek Lewis is so bad at MMA. <laughs> but he's so good at it. <laughs> like Derek Lewis can only exist at heavyweight. Like, I'm talking like skill-wise, 
personality wise, just it, like the entire aura. Like, I, I, what are the odds that Derek Lewis has ever taken like a grappling class in his life? <laughs> but, but like, like uh, for real, like. I think if I was to ask Derek Lewis how many grappling classes he has taken in his entire career, I could count them on both my hands. <laughs> but you can't wrestle him. Because he's too round. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> what was bad about this fight was I had a, a post on Twitter queued up explaining like I couldn't believe how good Volkov was. I'm like, this is He's gotten so much better since Bellator. Like, if you would have told me the Volkov who was losing to, like, Minikov and Czech Congo. And Tony Johnson. Yeah, was going to come in the UFC and just go on this run, I would have thought you were crazy. I had it queued up and ready to go. <laughs> and Derek Lewis erased the whole tweet. And <laughs> one I'm you glad he did, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I, I put it on Twitter. Like, a, in a perfect world, Derek Lewis would win every fight. But I thought Volkov was going to win this fight pretty easily. And it looked like that for um, 14 minutes and 99 seconds. So, how many ever seconds? Oh, it's late. I don't know what the second mark is. It was, 40, it was 49 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> like, Derek Lewis spent 90% of this fight getting, like, seriously beat up. But, like, like, keeled over, like, doubled over in pain. Because Volkov was punching and kicking him to the gut. And he looked like... Basically, for all that time, it looked like he was about to be stopped. And then he had that thing that was going on with his eye. Like, he kept... (laughs) (laughs) He just kept, like, poking... I don't know what was... I hope his eye's really okay, though. I don't know what was going on with that eye. But... Yeah. He should have gotten finished 80 times in this fight. But Vol- like Volkov didn't go for the kill because he's like, Derek Lewis is a madman. If he hits me, I will, you know, probably freaking lose consciousness. And then it didn't matter because Derek Lewis hit him anyway. <laughs> like, just simple jab overhand right as Volkov was trying to land another body kick. And then it was over. <laughs> Derek Lewis hit him so hard he didn't know his own mouthpiece. <laughs> oh yeah, I've never seen anything like that. His mouthpiece falls out, and he's trying to hand it to Lewis like, "Oh, this is yours." Like, no, bro, I punched this out of your mouth. Like, you, that's that's all you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then the post fight interview, and Joe's like. Yeah, you know, uh, you've been on the, uh, you know, you, you gotta, you take out a guy like that, you gotta be ready for a title shot. And he's like, I gotta sit my black ass down. <laughs> I gotta go do some cardio. <laughs> you left out the best part, where immediately after Dr. Volkov out, he just took his pants off. <laughs> oh my, what do you, what do you say? Hey man, the reasoning was solid. <laughs> Joe said, "Why'd you take your pants off?" And my balls was hot. <laughs> and I mean, he didn't hesitate. Like he said that straight face, no joke. <laughs> oh my god, that was such a funny um, post. Uh, 
interview. Like, it was just, the way this whole card went, it just kept building up and kept building up. And it felt like every fight was just, it was like you were watching a TV show and every episode was just getting better and better and better. <laughs> and, then, and then that moment happened. And you're like, can it even get any better than this? And then you get Tony Ferguson and Pettis and you're like, oh, we still got a main event. Can it get any crazier? <laughs> and then, and then we get the <laughs> Ratings oh. just went through the roof. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, the Volkov looked amazing for 99% of the fight. And then Lewis can still throw heat, and he threw heat, and it was over. And uh, poor Volkov, he was probably literally, like, at the door of a title shot had he won this. <laughs> I mean, he's probably still not too far because it's heavyweight, but... He emphatically got punched down the ladder a little bit. Like, yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. Derek Lewis is Pro- now, like, is Derek Lewis the number one contender now? Like, who's, like, like who's I a player? They're going to they're gonna be forced to do Stipe versus Blackbeard. Oh, my God. Like, hmm. I think Stipe... You can't match Derek Lewis up with people who make sound decisions. Right. <laughs> You're right. You got to give him somebody who's going to have one misstep. Like, like, that he can just... Overeem. Or, like, Junior Dos Santos. Like, you know what? Don't, don't, let's not put that on Overeem. He's had enough. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're going to keep doing this stuff and you're going to hold up a, a, a ranking spot... I think JDS would make sense, though. You better be as down much the as play. I don't, I'm just saying. As much as I don't want to see JDS catch that ref, if, if he catches one of them overhand rights. I mean, JDS is coming off the Ivanov win. I think that's a good matchup. Just to get and the tie to Ivasa first, though. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is happening. That is happening. Oh, my my friend just texted me, and he said uh, uh, Connor is, like, refusing to press charges. Does that mean something at all? Said he's who? Refusing? Connor's not going to press uh, charges. Dana waits at the dais. He said what? Oh. He's at- All right, so uh, I'll, I'll continue down the card. Let me know if uh, Dana uh, throws anybody in UFC jail, takes away a title, puts somebody in timeout. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, that good stuff. But uh, next fight going down the list. Uh, and this will round out the main card. Uh, Michelle Waterson and Felice Herrick. Um, so this is going to be the one fight that's kind of hard for me to commentate on because I missed the first round. Um, so I only saw the second and the third. But from what I gathered from this fight, Michelle Waterson landed a lot of video game kicks <laughs> to Felice Herrick's face. Um, I'm not really sure what Herrick's game plan was for this fight. Because I just saw a lot of her pushing her on the cage and not really doing a whole ton. And I think she got her to the ground a couple times. Still didn't really do a whole lot. And, like, even when Waterson was on her back, she was throwing elbows like it was nobody's business. Like, he, she was really active off of her back. And the whole time I'm kind of watching Herrick. Well, as a Waterson fan, I was happy that Waterson was winning. But I'm kind of just looking at Herrick and I'm like, I don't know what you're trying to are you just trying to like hold her down like you're the bigger girl because waterson is tiny for a straw weight it's amazing that she even 
competes <laughs> at strawweight as small as she is because she's everybody has a size advantage over her. But um, no, nah, Watterson held it down though. Lots of lots of flashy kicks that landed. Um, I think she took Herrick down a couple times. Like I said, Herrick just kind of Herrick didn't have a ton of. Alright, the, the the compu strike thing will probably prove me wrong because I think their stats were really close. But just watching it, just like with the eye test, it just felt like Herrick wasn't doing a ton of of substance at least. But only saw part of the fight, so I don't know. But that's uh that's kind of what I gathered. I'll, I'll be honest, my mind is still a blur after that main event. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I thought I remembered this fight, but I, I really don't know. Oh, man. Oh. Any, any, they didn't cuss anybody out yet? They're saying that he might, act, that Khabib might actually speak at the presser. Jesus Christ. So I can only imagine what that's going to be like. <laughs> Any thoughts on the Waterson uh, Herrick fight? Um, it was a smart fight uh, for Waterson. She did well in the clinch. Uh, got off some really good knees and elbows on the inside. Was really framing well. Um, Herrick, I, I, she once she realized that she could not touch Waterson at range and that she had to bulldoze forward for like her uh, for any attempt at like a takedown or. A, you know, a clinch position where she could actually land something. Um, you know, she 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 did what she had to do to make it close. Um, she when she did get the takedown, she just didn't do enough with it. Like you you, you got to throw some ground and pound. You got to you know rack up some points. You're down on the scorecards. Um, but like she she was just kind of content to like push Waterson against the cage and land some like. Um, some, like, the, the knees she landed looked like they did some damage, because, like, if you look at the side of, um, Waterson's leg after the fight, it was, like, a little purplish, but, like, that's not stuff that the judges are going to remember. They're going to remember Michelle Waterson side-kicking you in the face. <laughs> so, so like, you, you really got to make your offense a little bit more memorable if you're going to be having these, like, close quarters competitive fights, um. I, I really, she did it at one point in the fight, but she, um, she, I want to say it was at the beginning of the third round. She pushed Waterson up into the cage, and cracked her with a hook. That it, it seemed to stun Waterson. I don't think she expected it. Um, but I wanted to see more of that from her. You know, you bully them into the position you want, and then you just go ham on them right there because that's the only spot that you can actually let offense in. You know, so. Um. But all around solid performance from Morrison. Um, I think she's bulked up since she got to one fifteen. Cause I'm like, she she seemed pretty jacked in there, compared to like when she was fighting a like Jessica Penne, Adam Lee in Invicta. So you know, solid um, performance from Morrison. So that was the main card. On to the prelims. Um, I don't lie, I don't remember this fight a ton. Who's <laughs> Juicy A Formiga and Sergio Pettis? Um, I don't really have a lot to say about this fight. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I, I just don't. I remember kind of. I think I was kind of fading in and out watching this. I just remember 
<laughs> the end of the fight when <laughs> Sergio's just holding Formiga on his back. <laughs> it's kind of walking around. But um, walk around like a lost child. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pettis. Ah. Uh, Justin. Pettis is, Justin, you think he's gonna finally break through like this? Yeah. Time. Exactly. I was looking for this to be like, all right, you're fighting for Amiga. This is a really good chance for you to really stake a claim at getting a title shot. Like, if you can go out and win this impressively, like, you can really cement that spot. And it's just... Oh, hold up. Breaking news. Um, well, not breaking. Some like uh, Ian Kidd tweeted this like 30 minutes ago, but one of the dudes who got arrested is Rizza, uh, Rizvan... Magomedov, the Russian president of the Ali Abdelaziz Dominance MMA Management Group, for assaulting Dylan Danis. <laughs> the saga continues. <laughs> but the aftermath of that brawl is just going to be out of control. Uh, we, we're going to see so many headlines. But, yeah, Pepetis just. It was another one of those performances where you just kind of scratched your head, and it was it was so frustrating to watch because I really felt like Pettis, as of late, has been hitting a, a good streak. I mean, I, I, he he lost to Cejudo, but you know, outside of that fight, he looked like he'd really been making improvements. He's been getting better, and then you get a fight like this, um, which I, I guess I probably shouldn't really have been surprised because we I think we've said it plenty of times on this podcast. Since Formiga's been in the UFC, he's been a top five guy and just somehow has never gotten a title shot. <laughs> but he's, he's always been a top guy. He just never really got a chance to show it against, like, Mighty Mouse. He never got on that big stage. So, like, by, by no stretch was this supposed to have been, like, an easy fight or a gimme fight. But, you know, Formiga... Formiga just was able to to, to control more, and I, I don't remember Pettis having a ton of output either. Like that, I, I don't know. That, it was a weird. That's the story of Sergio Pettis. He 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 gives fights away because he he doesn't really have like an offense, like an output. He he kind of just goes like everything's like a sparring session with him, and he. Now go ahead. I'll... I was gonna say to make a a, a sports analogy, you, you hear this a lot in really in, in like NFL and the NBA. Like certain teams have like identities. Like you watch Golden State, this is running gun. We're gonna pluck a bunch of threes in your face, and we're just gonna run you off the court because you can't keep up. Um, if you watch, you know my my, my Spurs when we were in our heyday. You know, a, re- a very solid, super solid, fundamental team, team ball to the T. Like, certain teams just have, like, identities. And I feel like Sergio, there's, like, no... It, we have that with fighters, too. Like, we, you, you know a dude like Habib, you know what you're going to get. You know a dude like Ferguson, what you're going to get. You know, DC, you know, certain fighters, you just, you, you know what they are. And I, I still watch Pettis even at this point in career, and it's like I don't know, I don't know what really like your identity is. I don't know what your like you're solid all around, but you're not like <laughs> like there's it's it's just it's something missing. Like you know, 
it's it's like he has all of the ingredients but one. He he's missing that last KFC herb and spice or whatever. Like he 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 doesn't have that whatever that it is. It's, it's just he's missing something. Um, dude, just like he he fights to be safe. Like I theorize this is because he grew up alongside like Anthony Pettis, who was like bigger than him. And a much more dynamic athlete than him. So anytime they were like in the Taekwondo class together, and you know they were forced to spar with one another, Pedros was just like style on him for like thirty minutes in sparring. <laughs> so Sergio basically learned growing up that oh, the only way I'm going to survive is if I do as little as possible and just try to like be defensively sound. Um, and as a result, he's a low output kickboxer who is a fundamental like. His his problem isn't wrestling. His problem is he does nothing to deter people from wrestling, man. <laughs> like, no knees, no uppercut, no... He's not bridging or anything like that. It's just straight up, like, I'm going to... Um, I'm, I'm going to sprawl when they try to take me down, and that's basically it. Um, and Formiga came out, like, really hot in this fight. Like, he was throwing, like, three, four-punch combinations, which is, like... Way more than I'm used to seeing him throw. I was really confused for a second because he, he's not—he's he, very similar to Pettis, and he's not much of an output fighter himself. But once he got the takedown, I think he realized that he didn't really need to put much out there to get Pettis to like. So, like Pettis would try to walk forward a little bit, and Formiga was just like dive on his hips, and just because Pettis wasn't throwing anything, Formiga was able to take him down with ease. So, yeah, like you, if you're if you're Sergio, you know you're down in the third round. You, you know you got your back taken, like by like the best back taker in MMA. Why are you not trying anything? Like he he spent three minutes with Formiga on his back, just hand fighting, not not even hand fighting, stalling, grabbing the wrist, and like try like not not. Like bring it over, like bring it over his head so that he could like try to shake him off, or you know, fighting the um, fighting the body lock, or you know, trying to peel him off or anything. He he was just stalling. He, he was waiting for Formiga to get tired, and that's kind of just like a microcosm of his game. He he, he doesn't. He's not active enough, and I'm, I'm not even talking about just like throwing punches. I mean like he's not playing the game enough to where he can draw the openings that he needs to win fights. And it's why he gets knocked out by, like, Ryan Benoit and, you know, taken down by Henry Cejudo for three rounds. Because they really, they don't have anything to fear coming back at them. It's almost like he'll fight the fight that you want to fight. And if he can beat you at it, he'll beat you. But if he doesn't, there's no backup. Exactly. There's, There's no recourse. Ah, so frustrating. So, do you got any thoughts on Sergio being a frustrating ass fighter to watch? Mm, not really. I I only remember the third round. Like, I'm good. I don't need to rewatch the first or second round. <laughs> yeah, the first round was pretty good. The second round was yeah. It was, it, it, it was a Formiga fight in the uh, second round. How, how many how many times has Sergio got to the spot now though? Like. Like two times now, right? To where it feels like he's gonna break through. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like, 
I felt like he was going to break through after the Moreno fight. He lost to Cejudo. So he beats Benavidez off a layoff, and then he comes out and he looks the same as he always has against Juicier. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like how many how many more shots is he gonna get? Like, he, it depends. He's so young though, right? Yeah, I mean he's like twenty four. Yeah, like, he, yeah, he's still got plenty of time. Oh, it, it, it all de- it all depends on if the UFC is gonna be keeping this division for much longer, because Dominic Cruz kind of got it out earlier in the week that they might be scrapping flyweight. Yeah. And I was honestly thinking after this fight was over, I was like, they're not giving for me a good title shot. No. No. It's not happening. That's not happening. As much as he may deserve it, that's not going down. TJ's fighting Cejudo out of that, or they'll do a DJ rematch, and we're just going to have to be happy with it. <laughs> <That's> just, <laughs> those are the only two fights that are happening. There's no way we're not getting a pay-per-view with Cejudo for Amiga. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, any <laughs> Formiga fans out there, and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. I'm just, I'm just being realistic. That's not happening. We're not getting that. Does that pay per view do fifty thousand buys? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> that would be a fight pass pay per view. Which sells more, Cejudo, Formiga, or Liddell and Tito? Oh, Liddell Tito. Oh, Liddell, Liddell Tito is bringing in the big bucks. L- Liddell Tito will do better business than most UFC title fights this year. <laughs> you think so? I, I, oh, yeah, I'm confident. It, it depends on how many people they they, they can like. It depends on how many old MMA fans they can activate because they don't have the art. <laughs> Like no, like because there are guys who watch the Tito and like Liddell era of MMA and just like they tune the fuck out. When they left. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, they're back. And they forget that Chuck is 75. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, I felt like, I think it's only going to get like 100K, like 200 max. I mean, it it wouldn't surprise me if it does anywhere from like 100K to like 400,000, to be honest. Really? Yeah. I never underestimate the power of a freak fight. (laughs) <laughs> oh, dude! Imagine if they put this on free TV. Like it, it get like it, I, oh, I think it could oh, get like five, ten, uh, between five and ten million people. Jeez. Oh yeah, it's doing that. As much as none of us want to admit it, we're all watching the train wreck. Oh yeah, uh, I'm I'm front and center. Oh, dude, you, you can catch me on the stream. Yeah, first in line. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me get, let me get to this next fight so I can um vent a little bit. Um. Uh, Vicente Luque and uh, Jalen Turner. Um, so I'll, I'll throw this out there. I don't remember the episode that Jalen Turner was on on the Contender Series. Like, I watched the Contender Series, but I didn't watch all of them. So I feel like I might have missed his episode. But, like, I pretty much got the gist of what they were saying. Like, this was a guy who uh, I would assume performed really well on that show. And that, you know, they wanted to see, you know, obviously what he could do. That's all cool. That's great. That's good. And in the first round, I was like, oh, I see why they liked him. Like, for a guy, I don't remember how old he is, but for, for a new fighter, for this to be your first UFC fight, he's really poised, he's really composed, um, he seemed like a really good striker. He, he had, there were tools I saw that I'm like, I see why people like him. And then I pay attention to the matchup. And then I start watching Luke A.T. off on this dude. And then I just start to wonder, like, why... You got a prospect. 
obviously you feel you have to feel some kind of way about this guy because you threw him on a Fox Sports prelim right under the the feature prelim. So you think something of him. You have to. But I would think he would give him a squash match. Remember remember Wonder Boy's first fight? And I'm not comparing Jalen Turner to Wonder Boy by any means. But you remember Wonder Boy's first fight? We all knew Wonder Boy was going to mop the floor. <laughs> they boy, how, dare, how, dare, how dare you underestimate Dan Stigeon? <laughs> we all knew that, that poor Dan was brought in as a sacrificial lamb <laughs> so Wonder Boy could have a highlight reel that we all could talk about the next week, and boy, did that happen. That, that fight, <laughs> it's, it's really funny because that fight kind of represents his UFC career one round. <laughs> like a lot of standing around and staring, and then occasionally he does something crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's just like, so you think, you have to think something of this Turner guy, and then you throw him in with someone. I don't remember Luke's record, but I'm pretty sure he had way more experience than Turner did. Not to mention Luke just, as we saw, the man is a savage. So it's like, and I get it, there were circumstances, like, surrounding this fight. Like, it was on short notice. Turner uh, went up a weight class, which is wild. I don't see how he makes 55. That's another conversation. But, so, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just a thing, like, they needed to fill in a fight. Um, because, you know, it, you know, obviously... Some, I don't know who pulled out of what or how it went down, but I know it was a short notice fight. So I get it. But it's just kind of like, how do you throw your prospect? Just <laughs> There had to have been somebody else. So I don't think, I, I don't think um, Jalen. Well, no, I think I think Turner stepped in. I, think. I don't think this was a, this wasn't a late replacement. This was just a late, like they needed the spot filled on the card. So they just called up on... What's his name? They Vincent De Luca and got him an opponent. And from what I from what I can tell, like I don't think um Turner was one of the dudes who got awarded contract. I think he was just like one of the dudes who was on the show and ended up winning. Um But I heard this pretty good theory about why this keeps happening where they keep getting these like the, these Dana White contender series dudes. And and I agree with you full I, I agree with you full stop. Like the whole point of the contender series is so okay. We bring in ten dudes, and then at the end of the night, we get like one or two of them who really stand out, and we give them the slow build. That's, and you know they get all this extra promotion because they're on the show and everything like that, and they're associated with Dana White and whatever. Um, but that's not how they've been using it. So, and I, I'm I'm starting to get the feeling this is all kind of on Dana. As in, like, if like going back to like tough, when Dana would sign entire seasons of the cast, <laughs> just because he fucking liked the way they fought one night, and then like Joe Silva and um, Sean Shelby would just be sitting there scratching their heads, being like, "What the fuck are we supposed to do with these guys?" <laughs> I, I think it's a similar situation where like, oh, the Contender Series, oh, there were only there were like. We're only supposed to give out two contracts, but I'm gonna give out six tonight because you guys were awesome. And then Sean Shelby's just fucking screaming inside his head. He's like, <laughs> "There are 600 fighters on this roster. Where, like, where am I going to get these guys fights?" Like, and, and then like shit like this ends up happening. We're like, "Okay, you know what, Jalen Turner, um, 
You need somebody to play Vincent De Luque. Go ahead. Good luck. Take or swim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to his credit, he had a couple moments, I guess. I don't know. He, he, <laughs> for that to be a debut, I can't really ask that much of you. Um, but yeah, you kind of went in there. Um, I mean, you landed a few good shots, but uh, Luque kind of cleaned them. Um, you know what? You know what my rant's gonna be about for this fight. Why the fuck does the UFC keep booking their exciting welterweight so poorly? Like Kamaru Usman gets a slow build, Kobe Covington gets this, like the proper build and gets to be on like TV and shit and pay per view for his fake title fight that they instantly took away from him. <laughs> but like Vicente Luque. And uh, Vicente Luque gets to fight a dude uh, in his debut, in his UFC debut, and Luque's like six and two in the UFC and stopped everybody's ever fought or ever beat in the UFC. And then you got like Zaleski dos Santos, who's fighting on fight pass prelims on Brazilian fight nights against dudes who probably couldn't even freaking carry his water in the gym, like. Why are these dudes not on TV making this division look good? Or, or like, why are they not getting fights that can help them push the division further along? Like, why are we stuck? Like, why are they trying to burn out Mike Perry? They don't even like Mike Perry. And, I, and like, I recognize that, oh, my God, they are going to run this dude into the ground. Yeah, I think that train, uh... <laughs> that, that, train, that train that, left. That train is almost there. Yeah. 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 Like, and, and what's the other dude's name? Um, fuck. Um, Medeiros. Like uh, Yancy. Yancy. They, yeah. they just have him fight cowboys or only because fuck it. I don't understand why it's the exciting welterweights who get the weird go nowhere matchups, and like Darren Till gets a title shot off of stalling out um, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. You know what I mean? And missing weight. And missing weight. <laughs> I saw somebody bring this up on Twitter, so I'll pose this question real quick before we go to the next fight. Um. Is it fair to say at this point, does Bellator do a better job at raising their prospects in the UFC now? Um, I, I think Be- <laughs> I, I Bellator is an easier job. Yeah. I, I think it's unfair because Bellator doesn't have a roster of 600 fighters. They don't have to put on... Thi- well, I, I shouldn't say they don't have to. The UFC chooses to put on like 40 plus cards a year. And like... like and, and just being real, Bellator only has the one format. They're, they're all going to be fighting on Paramount. Um, unless they're fighting, I guess now they have like the zone, but like they got, they got, uh, and they also only have to focus on like one or two guys in each division. Like, okay, they get to focus on at featherweight, they get to focus on AJ McKee and James Gallagher. At welterweight, they get to focus on like Ed Ruth and um, Neiman. Uh, is it Neiman Gracie? Yeah, yeah. Neiman Gracie and um, I don't know, like who else is at that division? Um, and and AP. And MVP, um, you know, at, at, at middleweight they get to bring along Rafael Lovato, or yeah, Lovato Jr. Um, they they have so much, uh, such an easier time of it. 
Like in, yeah. in terms of just like getting these guys slow builds and easy wins on TV. Like yeah, and Bellator okay. is like more likely to just sign a dude just for like one fight, you know, and have him be like a showcase fight for one of them, you know. Yeah, and then we'll never see that person again. Exactly. Like Justin Lawrence for AJ McKee, like Justin, like that would have been like AJ McKee's first fight in the UFC. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it's su- it, it's such an Bellator doesn't a better job quote-unquote, because, like, the job's just a little bit easier. Like, once they have... The, they're hard, the hard part for Bellator is getting talent in the door. Like, they can build a dude up. Because they, they, there's just space. Like, how many dudes on the Bellator prelims are ever going to fight there again? <laughs> like, Jalen Turner fought on the Bellator prelims. Jeez. And he was gone after one fight. Huh. Fucking... So it, it makes sense why they're it's easy, Bellator is better at it is because it's not the UFC's focus to be honest. <laughs> and I, I guess the UFC can somewhat get away with it because they are deeper. So I, you, you lose the Jalen Turner, but I guess they figure you know the, the revolving wheel just kind of keeps going. Exactly. There'll be eventually some, there'll be another Jalen Turner. Eventually, somebody is going to be a phenom. And, like, somebody's going to be, like, a Conor McGregor and just win seven in a row by knockout. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll get it. Except, like, except that, like, heavyweight or light heavyweight or whatever. Except, uh, I guess, now Dominic Reyes. But you, you get the idea. But, yeah. Li- li- I feel like li- li- I feel like all of hardcore fans, like, we've been complaining about UFC matchmaking for years now. And it's just, like, it, I'm just tired of it. Like, I don't, like, just... I don't even want to try to think like what they're thinking anymore, you know. I mean, I, I just give up. I just give up. Like, just fucking do whatever you guys want. <laughs> I think at this point, with like the the title fights, the way they go now, I've kind of just accepted it. But I just feel like for the younger guys, there should be some kind of structure going on. Yeah. Like, cause at this point, you, you don't want to have these dudes getting wasted out here. Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> For the yes, yeah, mainly for the younger guys is what I meant. Yeah, bring bring them along. Don't don't get them killed off, right? I away. think Joey. I yeah. think Joey said it best. Like, we like to think that the UFC has a plan. <laughs> They're just filling dates, man. Like that's all that matters to them. Like, yeah. oh, yeah. we have a pay per view coming up. Oh, Colby Covington can't make it. Um, fuck it, we'll strip his title and let Darren Till fight Tyrone Woodley. <laughs> like, oh, we have to fill a, we have to fill um a Fox Sports spot on the UFC 229 prelim. Fuck it, let's have Vincente Luque fight some dude who like has fought like one guy with a winning record. <laughs> like sometimes sometimes but, it's about filling dates. I'll say all, all that to say though, props to Luque. He went out there and caught a body. <laughs> Dude, absolute savagery, just like yeah. grabbing around the head as he's spinning and hitting him. Oh crap! Uh, Khabib's at the desk. Oh. All right, I'll right, move on to the next fight. You keep keep us posted. Right. <laughs> uh, next fight: Aspen Lad, Tanya Evinger. Um. I don't remember specifics of this fight, but I just remember watching it and thinking, oh, Avenger, you're getting bodied. It is not looking good. 
And before I knew it, Aspen led. <laughs> Aspen led just kind of beat the bricks off of her. Um, can't remember what her record is. She undefeated? I think she's still undefeated. I want to say. I'm not sure. But... Uh, like, I don't understand how people can talk about I jump. No, I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? I, I want to hear you this shit. This, this, whole, this whole podcast is about to turn into the press conference. <laughs> but, um, Will there be copyright law involved in this? Eh, eh, they don't care about it, <laughs> do they? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, no, nah, Aspen led uh, put 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 the uh, the pause on uh, Avenger, and I heard she called out. Um, uh, who did she call? She threw out two names. I heard. Uh, I think it was Betch, uh, Kohea, and somebody else. Um, I think it was Ngano, I want to say. Um, I don't even remember the fight either, honestly. I don't. It, it wasn't a lot to remember. Aspen, she destroyed her. It wasn't close uh, at all. Yeah. Um, I just saw that she was from like my general area, and I was like, oh, cool. And then the fight ended. I was like, oh, cool. She won. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, Bantamweight needs new life. Um, new people to get excited about. So, hey, man, if she wants to fight Betch, I say go ahead. Go ahead. Why not? Yeah. Um, just, just, just make it happen. And I, I, you know, I'm glad she came over from Invicta because I really remember her in Invicta. Um, is this, okay, yeah, she is. Undefeated. How many fights does she have in the UFC? Uh, this was her debut. Oh, no, 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 no. A lot. She's she's two and zero. Yeah, she fought. Uh, she beat Landsberg. Just a quick note from Khabib. He he he's asking why people are still asking. Like, why are they asking about him jumping the cage? When basically, basically he's saying all the shit we said. Like, you know, they 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 attacked his dad. They they attacked the bus. You know, religion is religion is ethnicity. All that other stuff. He puts it on the media because they keep reporting all the trash talk. As a like, like as opposed to like treating it like a sport, so that's that's where we're at on that front. See, told you, it's not a game. I, I people are really. I kind of really like that. Khabib's crew is like the ones that are willing to throw hands, and Connor's crew is just the guys that like to talk. You know, I I feel like I got like really <laughs> he he just, Khabib was just like, uh, but uh. Sorry. All right, let me cut Oh, well, he's done. <laughs> Khabib's done. He basically oh, he, he said he, Connor posted that picture with Vladimir Putin at the World Cup. And he's just like Vladimir Putin just called me, told me he was proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's and then he brought, and then he, they 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 was out. He, so apparently, I'm watching a video. They're saying from the other angle that Connor actually did something that. Habib's crew first. Oh, so I'm I'm watching this video. I'm sorry, people. I'm watching this. Um. Oh, oh, oh. I, I saw Connor throw Yo, a punch. So I'm. <laughs> I didn't realize this until I'm watching it from this angle. When we say Habib jumped out the cage, oh no, he no, really no, jumped. he jumped <laughs> like he <laughs> he jumped straight at doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like he went airborne. <laughs> oh my god. He really jumped like movie star 
like the final action scene, I'm busting in the window to save the day. <laughs> that was wild. Um, <laughs> moving on to the next fight. Sometimes you saw Derek Lewis's comment on, on the brawl. Shit, I thought it was entertaining. I was happy to see it. <laughs> We're with Derek you. Lewis We're good. with you, Black Beef. Derek Lewis, the goat. The real oh, goat. man. Hold up. Uh, uh, where is he at? Where is he at? Josh. Josh. Gross. Uh, but uh, to keep it rolling, uh, <laughs> next fight was uh, uh, Scott Holtzman and uh, Alan Patrick. Um, a lot of these fights, you're going to hear me say the same thing. I don't remember that much detail. Keep in mind, we're recording. It is now 3.10 a.m. <laughs> None of us have rewatched any of these fights. But um, I'm so glad I don't live on the East Coast. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be so old and washed in the morning. Having to, like, <laughs> wait till 10 p.m. to watch, like, basketball or UFC, that would suck. I, I couldn't do that. That's why I never watch any West Coast NBA. Games. Yeah, like, like I'm a Lakers yeah, fan. Like, and no. There's no way. Fuck, man. <laughs> oh man. But um, all I remember from the Holtzman fight is that Holtzman looked really good. Probably the best I think we've seen from him. <clears throat> and that finish with those elbows was pretty oh, savage. Like he held down on Patrick's face and then like pushed off and then just drilled his elbow like three or four consecutive times until Alan Patrick just died. Um, that's all I got for that fight. Yeah. Fucking, that show's over since the get from the get-go. Like, Holtzman, great performance. Patrick, man. Um, dude's been in the UFC for like six, seven years now. I want to say. Like, longer than you would think for a guy who has like only five fights in it. Or five or six. This may have been a seven. Uh, he's been in the UFC since 2013. He's averaging like a fight a year. Jesus, man. Yeah. How do you pay the bills like that? I, I mean, I assume he's, he's not getting paid through MMA. Maybe through like bodybuilding or whatever because motherfucker is jacked. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, dude... There's always just kind of skated by him just being a really big athletic wrestler. Like, he's not a very good striker. He's not even a very good wrestler, to be honest. Um, he just has a really good shot, and he's really big and strong. So he got in there with a guy who was equally athletic and a better wrestler and just an all-around better technician. And Holtzman picked him apart. Like, um, those big ass lunging like left uh were they left hands that Patrick was throwing? Holtzman was just stepping inside and just countering every single one of them with just like a straight shot down the middle. And that's eventually what got him the um the the uh the knockdown that led to the end of the fight. So just really like Holtzman's just becoming like a really good fighter all around. Um sucks that he fights that lightweight because you know Good luck climbing up that ladder, yeah. buddy. Yeah, especially <laughs> at 35 years old. Like, okay, so now that I'm, I keep bring we, we're gonna keep bringing it back to this this post fight fight. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I've rewatched this video a couple of times, so 
Habib jumps over the, the fence. He does his daring dash into the crowd. Behind him, like five seconds after he jumps off, Connor follows up behind him and tries to jump out. They pull Connor back. While they're pulling Connor back over the cage, <laughs> my my favorite part of this video, by the way, is the the um the the guys in red jumping the cage as opposed to running out the door. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, the door was wide open and nobody <laughs> ran out the door. But while they're pulling Connor back into the cage, simultaneously one of Habib's dudes is jumping over, I guess, to go help Habib, and Connor clearly swings at him first. Mm. Now. I'll I'll give Connor a little credit and say that this is kind of pandemonium and a brawl's happening right now, so I guess it's kind of anybody can get it. Um, but he did throw the first punch in terms of uh, I guess the the inside uh, brawl that went down. He he did throw the first punch, which would probably be why he can't press charges or why mm-hmm. he's not pressing charges because you you threw the first. Uh, punch. I, I think I can't it just hurt my image. No, that, yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, but all right, it's three fifteen a.m. We'll breeze through these next three. <laughs> Send me that video. Oh, j- just a little bit of uh, serendipity. Guess who Zabara uh, Tukov was supposed to fight on October twenty seventh? Artem Lobov. Oh man! <laughs> but according to it Dana. All comes- Anybody involved in the brawl on Khabib's side is getting who has a UFC contract is no longer in the UFC. So, so ends the fun, I guess. Nah. Dana, don't, don't. we could be getting part two of this. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but, uh, going on to the next fight, Yana Kuniskaya, Lena Landsberg. All I remember from this fight is being very angry at Anik because he pronounced Kuniskaya forty different ways in five seconds. <laughs> And I was like, dude, just say Yana. Like, clearly you can't pronounce his last name. Just just stop. Um, I'll be honest, I don't remember much of the fight other than Yana won. But I can't get specific. She kind of pushed kicks in the Landsberg a lot. Took her down a couple times. Beat her up in the clinch a little bit. I mean, it wasn't a terrible... This was probably the worst fight of the night. <laughs> It, it wasn't bad, but it was just kind of there, you know? Yeah, Com- compared yeah. to the other fights, yeah. Like, if this was on a bad card, it would st- it, it, it might stand out a little bit more, like, as a, like a, like as a bad fight. But, like, consi- considering all the crazy shit that happened on this card, it's, like, barely even a blip in my mind. Yeah. I mean, props to Kuniskaya for getting her first win in UFC after getting sacrificed to Cyborg. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Good way, way to come back. <laughs> Definitely way to come back. Um, do we have to talk about Nick Lentz and Gray Maynard? <sighs> Gray Maynard, please retire. Yeah, I know you had your moment. You landed like a, a right hand, and it was looking like it was going to be okay. It's not okay. Let's let's call it a career, man. It's it's been fun. It's been a good ride. Yeah. But uh, yeah. We can end that. No shame in your career, man. Not at all. Not at all. You're only getting shame if you keep coming back. So just go home, relax, become a coach. Pretty sure you got a lot of knowledge to to impart. You know, just 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 take that route. Great. 
Um, Go restart your career in bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We cannot encourage this kind of Ray Maynard versus Johnny Hendricks. That'd be kind of cool. Oh my god! If Gray Maynard got KO'd in a bare knuckle fight, that would ugh. his face would just explode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would not be, it would not be a good look. Um, now I don't got much else to say about yeah. that fight. The uh, next and the last fight of the evening: Tony Martin and Ryan Lafleur. Uh, Tony Martin moving up to welterweight has been a good thing for him. I love head kicks. And this gave me a head kick, so I was pretty happy. Um, I don't think LeFlair was happy, but, you know, it is what it is. Tony Martin got, got a head kick in and some punches. I remember this being a, it was an entertaining fight. I don't remember specifics other than head kick, punches. Good night, LeFlair. I honestly forgot Tony Martin was a person. <laughs> Dude, he, he had a pretty solid performance against Keita, uh, Keita Nakamura. I remember oh, that. Did not watch that. I mean, who can blame you? But this fight just kind of just just highlights to me that like lightweight is so much better than one seventy. Because Tony Martin wasn't even like a fringe top twenty guy. Like he was like a like what maybe like top fifty. And then he moves up to welterweight and knocks out like a top, a fringe top fifteen guy, in, um, Ryan Lafleur. So. In very impressive fashion. Yeah. Beat his ass too. Like. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, that was uh, that was UFC two twenty nine. Craziness. This this whole card was just like I said. Th- this card was like watching a TV show, and I would say starting with like the the Fox prelims, um, even though the the Fight Pass prelims have finishes on them, I feel like with the Fox prelims, like every fight just seemed to get better and better and better. And, uh, all right, a, l- a little we had filler episodes with Formiga and Pettis. That was, that was like a filler episode. And then it picked back up on the main card. But it just got better and better and better. And then we got the fight of all fights. And then we got the post-fight of all post-fights. And this is one of the greatest nights. <laughs> I think any of us have ever witnessed. Um, there's a reason we're recording this at 3.20 a.m. now. <laughs> because it's like we just had to get real live instant just reactions and yeah, this this night was crazy, but um, it's three twenty a.m. So we'll get ready to close out. So uh, we'll just do uh parting shots and shout outs before we roll out of here. Um, I'll just give a couple of shout outs to other cars that happened. You guys should check out um, one championship uh, eighty one Kingdom of Heroes went down on Saturday. That was today, right? This morning. Yes. This morning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yesterday morning at this point. We're technically, yeah, technically yesterday morning, <laughs> but uh, early Saturday morning, that car went down. Um, Shinya Aoki had a really dominant performance over Ev Ting. Check that out. Um, this card had kickboxing, MMA, and boxing all on one card. It was pretty wild, um, but it was a pretty good card, so um, 
we say this every episode. If you don't have the One Championship app, go download it. You can watch all the cards for free. And their cards, as of late, have been pretty good. So give that a look. Um, and PFL, I think it was PFL 8, went down. Shoutouts to that. Um, Josh Copeland had... <laughs> I ain't gonna say KO of the year, but he put himself on a KO of the year, at least highlight reel. Uh, he knocked Alex Nicholson into another planet, a whole nother just hemisphere. Um, he caught Nicholson with a right hand and just ended his entire life. <laughs> and now he puts himself in a position to win a million dollars. Um, and shout outs to Lance Palmer and, and Andre Harrison, man. Um, it wasn't the greatest fight in the world, but those are two of PFL's best talents. And they fought before, and uh, Andre won the first one. And in the rematch, Lance Palmer handed uh, Andre his first professional loss after, I think, 20 fights, uh, which is pretty crazy. And now he advances. Uh, I don't remember who he's fighting in the finals, but he gets a chance to make a million dollars. So, um, shout out to him. Stephen and shout out to my long. Oh, Steve. Oh, he's going to. Honestly, he might watch Sala. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. For a million dollars, Sala might pull out all the stops. But uh, shout out to that. Shout out to my Texas Longhorns. Red River Shootout. <laughs> 48-45. We in here. <laughs> I did not think the Longhorns were going to have a good season. But we're starting off starting off pretty good. We're starting off pretty good. We, we're eking out wins that I was positive we would lose. Um... But we were hanging in there, so uh, that's all I got for shoutouts. I don't have any uh, and and parting shots just for people who are fake disgusted at Habib. <laughs> if you're not being consistent with your uh, with your quote unquote disgust, so uh, shot at you, man up, be consistent. And that's that's all I got. Um, Doug, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh. Parting shot goes out to New York Yankees. Fuck you guys. <laughs> uh, another parting shot to Rogan and the crew. You guys are ass. Another parting shot to Connor and the crew. You guys just got big, big mouths and you guys don't back it up. And my one shout out goes to my, my very own Oakland A's who were predicted to be last place in the division. <laughs> <laughs> but ended up having uh, improbable improbable run and making it to the wild card. So I'm proud of the boys, and they'll be back next year. Go A's. Fuck the Yankees. There you have it. <laughs> All right. Uh, first shout out, um, shout out to Pusha T for the king of all petty ass tweets. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, was it great win team Khabib? Sometimes you gotta burn the whole house down. I understand. <laughs> hey man, that's that's facts. <laughs> All right, and um, shouts to um, uh, Kareem Zidane, who actually went, who actually asked UFC management earlier this week if they had plans for you know potential security risks at this event considering all the characters involved like um and they declined to comment so you know that shows you how on the ball they were like 
you, you, you would think that they understood like this was like I want to say in, this was always going to happen, but the potential was the potential there. was there. Yes, because um, you know they knew because they had a whole damn press conference in New York and didn't invite anybody because they were worried about the security risks. I don't know why they thought it would end when one of them lost in the cage, but. It is what it is. So, shout, but shouts to creators of Dan for you know pointing that out. Um, shouts to everybody who went on this card, who, who who who's going to have their win just completely overshadowed by the craziness. Um, yeah. Shouts to us because that was a great night of fights and mayhem. So. I'm I'm here for the pettiness. Pettiness is a part of life. It's part. Shout out to Joey who couldn't join us because he's an uncle now. Yes. Right? Shout, Shout out to, to Joey jo- who's also holding down somewhere, being the level head in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> while, while everybody else is just. <laughs> oh man. Also, people are really going off about this alternate angle. Oh, man. What, what are they saying? Twitter's going to be really... Because uh, now it's coming out that Connor threw the first... Oh. You know, yeah. It's going to be fun. The, the Twitter is going to be... Uh, this, this is going to be a, a interesting week. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah. Shout out to Joey, man. Be, be a good uncle. I have no doubt you'll be a good uncle. Uh so have, have, have fun with that. You know, actually, before we go, shots at the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Like, how do you choose your security detail? Why are they all, like, 60-year-old men? <laughs> <laughs> I think they, you know how they run foul drills? They need to run, like, fight drills because nobody knew that door was open. Like, nobody took advantage of the door being open. Everybody was jumping over the cage, and <laughs> the door was just... They're like, yeah, maybe if we take more time, it'll stop by itself. <laughs> Shouts to Khabib, who has like a, who has over a million mentions on Twitter right now. Legend. I mean... Hey, man. <laughs> you know what? As crazy as this event, and people are quote-unquote outraged, I bet you he's going to gain a lot of fans after. I mean, dude, like the president, Vladimir Putin is calling him to congratulate him on his fights, if that's true. And if not, who cares? He's going to go home and be treated like a damn king for the rest of his life. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm like a bigger beat fan now. I'm just here for the chaos. <laughs> I'm here for all the shenanigans. I'm here for, you know, I, I enjoy a good train wreck. Man, I don't even know if this would count as a train wreck. This yeah, I'm going to count this as a train wreck on the UFC's part. Because, again, they should have saw the shit coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, Boy, you think they ever do a rematch? Mm. 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 You never I mean, know. <laughs> if it's up to the UFC, the answer is yes. 
Like Dana was really non-committal about it. He was just like, first we gotta see what the state athletic commission and the cops say, and blah blah blah. But like, I, I I'm assuming that the state athletic commission's um investigation won't really drop until we until Meltzer's um pay-per-view estimates drop. If you catch my drift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and we, yeah, so. Who knows? Worse come to work, like worse. I don't, I'm not gonna say worse because you know, Khabib probably should be punished for this. Probably, definitely. Well, not probably, definitely. But like, worse come, uh, worse come to worst for the UFC. They they run Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor. Conor beats Tony for like an interim title, and like a year or two from now, they fucking run this fight back. Boy, that if they run this rematch, that trailer better be epic. <laughs> <laughs> you know how <laughs> there is so much to pull from though. Oh man, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll just close that out saying, well, all of us minus stories. <laughs> we 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 don't condone. I I, I enjoy being the scumbag in this situation. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I was laughing at that. I was laughing. This cameraman goes over the. Uh, <laughs> Did he try to jump over and like follow one of them? Dude, this like this dude jumps over a cameraman and tries to body press like the I, I don't even know who the fuck he's trying to body press. <laughs> <laughs> we got straight casualties just in the brawl. <laughs> Poor guy probably wasn't on either side. <laughs> he was just standing too close to somebody. Oh man. But, uh, yeah, just to close it out, we, we don't condone, but like we said, man, be consistent with the, with, with your outrage. If you, if you're this disgusted at Habib, I hope you were this disgusted at Connor. And if you were not, I don't really care to hear what you have to say. If you were one of those people out there upset when Connor was fucking Instagramming photos of himself in like Ch- Chapo t-shirts, like El Chapo. Then I don't want to hear shit about, like, oh, this is the most disgusting thing in MMA history. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So that's that's it. I mean, by, by the time you guys hear this, um, I'm, I normally wait till Tuesday to put these out. No, I'm putting this out tomorrow. <laughs> well, all right. Technically today. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do, do this, will, it. this will be out in, in another eight hours when I wake oh, back up. Oh, can I close this out on one... Hella strong fucking serious ass shit comment could be made to Dana after the fight. Yeah. If I have to be arrested, I'll be arrested. I just want you to put my belt on me. God, what a fucking legend. Thug I life. love this man. <laughs> Thug life. I will go to jail. It doesn't matter, but give me my belt. Greatest light wait a long time. You can't change my mind. <laughs> Oh man, but we we will uh talk about this. I'm pretty sure, uh, many more times over. I have a feeling this is gonna be a saga that continues. Um, but as always, you guys can catch us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes. If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review. It helps out a lot. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com, and you can hit me up on Twitter at Serial Sensei, and uh. 
that's all we got so as always anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face we will be there to talk about it and until then we will catch you guys next time